0: and residents of Turtle Cove, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my lovely comrade, Kennedy.
1: Hi, everyone. If I don't sound enthusiastic, I think you already know why if you listened to the episode before this. <laughs> well, there's, there's at
0: least one reason to be enthusiastic, because you brought a guest today.
1: True. Old friend of mine here today really pleased to have tayo what's up bud
2: yo 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 i'm happy to be here yeah, and happy to you. do this power rangers thing i i have some stuff like i have a personal history with the show that I, I wanted to wait until we started recording to to let you know about so
1: yeah no that's that's perfect that's how we like to start these a lot of times so go ahead what's what's your uh personal history with the power rangers just
2: for context kennedy do
0: you know this personal history i don't actually oh okay this is juicy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I <laughs> right
0: before Ramadan, I get the gossip. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so the story goes basically, when I was, I think this show came out right when I was three or four, because it's like my first memories. And then my mom got me and my sister matching Halloween costumes of the red and yellow Power Rangers. And I think th- these were the first ones. So Mighty Morphin. And. I just kept wearing it after Halloween, like kept wearing the Red Ranger costume. And then (laughs) when I grew out of it, I took my sisters and was the Yellow Ranger for another couple of years, like way too much of the time. But I don't actually have any memory of ever watching a full episode. Just like I have this episode prototype in my head of there's some like loud yelling lady and then morphing happens. um, (laughs) Like that's it. Uh, And if I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie uh Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's like a, a Christmas movie. I have not <laughs> seen that, no. It's probably from around the same time, like 93. But the the plot goes that he's like a dad and he ends up dressing up as this Power Ranger type dude for his kid's Christmas because his kid wants the toy. And they, they have a Power Rangers like ripoff scene in that. And I think I watched that scene of that movie more than i watched the actual power rangers so that's that's the association (laughs) that i came into this with that's amazing
1: well i'm sorry we couldn't bring you on for a better season but uh at least you got to have an interesting roller coaster of experiences here with the best and worst
2: definitely i i think the best made up for all the worst like in terms of my time i was like oh these are just 20 minutes and the last the last episode was like this was worth the investment of the whole—I don't know—80 minutes for all of it.
0: <laughs> Hell
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. The last one's pretty pretty special.
0: Wild um, Force in general, uh, Kennedy and I have—I uh, I don't think—I I think at this point we're we're at the end of the season, and uh, Kennedy and I are—we're—we're we're starting to goose egg a lot of episodes. <laughs> Just be like, this is just straight zeros. Uh, <laughs> like, completely. But it, it goes so far as to offend me. I, I, think, it's, <laughs> I think it's the problem. Right? Like, like, you know, you could be a terrible episode of television or whatever. And if it's, like, boring or whatever, I'll just give it a flat goose egg and, like, phase in and out of existence while it's playing, right? But, like, this goes so far as to, like, make me mad. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I, I don't think I've had a show that's done this since Turbo. And then, like, at a certain point, I was just like, oh, no, this is actually, like, how much worse is this than Turbo? <laughs> like, how, how how low are we getting here? Just how low, right? <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's an awful thing to witness when you're just coming off of a season that's, like, one of the best. I don't think it's personally the best, but it's definitely one of the best. And so, like, getting it to this, it just sucks. But, you know, I'm really glad that we had you on for this because I specifically, I made sure to to pick a specific couple of episodes that were musically related. Yes. And to come to find out that the musically related stuff is, like, plays a huge lore reason that you cannot escape from. That is yeah. perfectly canon within this season, so I, I thought that you would enjoy that at the very least.
2: I did. Um, I thought I thought the musical parts. The it, I'll jump ahead a little bit. The the flute thing, like each of the individual parts was something I could hear over like a, a thick bass, like future type beat or something. So it was like, yeah, this is a jam. Um, when they were combined, I thought the sum was less than either of the parts in individual, but like <laughs> the, the two parts of the melody were really dope. So I give them credit for that. It does kind of sound like a future song. Right. <laughs> You're right. I think about
3: that.
0: <laughs> However, you also got sing song.
2: Yes. Mixed mixed with it. It was like Celtic Welsh style cow herding song.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you really, like I said, you, you can't escape from that one. So, you, no. the, And that one is like a negative rating song. Like, that's something that I go like, this is either zero stars or negative two stars. Pick one. <laughs> How far then, are you going to let me break the scale here?
1: The nice thing is that sequentially, the episodes go basically from worst to best. So by the end of this episode, we should be in like a good mood while we're recording.
0: Yes, <laughs> which is really weird, right? Because the best is like some of the best Power Rangers we've ever seen, but very special. It's it's not a uh, it's not be, it's it's in spite of Wild Force, more so than because of Wild Force.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, you could have put, put that in like any season of Power Rangers, and it would probably have been better for not being in this season, but yeah. otherwise.
0: Right, because the best parts is because the Rangers, for the most part, the main five at least, are inoffensive. That's, that's when Wild Force is at its best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Kennedy, let's uh, go ahead and start us off.
1: So, we start with the bare necessities. This is the absolute dumpster fire of an episode. This is the QAnon episode of the Power Rangers.
3: <laughs>
1: so, Taylor, the Yellow Ranger the former leader of the rangers until Cole shows up is a former air force pilot. And she's a little bit fashy. (laughs) We knew this already, but this episode, we come to find out that she gets even
0: more fashy as the season goes on.
1: (laughs) But also like the reason I say it's the Q episode is because like, she's too out there, even for like the fascist government. (laughs) (laughs) basically taylor is like jogging outside the air force base and has this flashback to when she originally discovered the animarium which is very much reads like one of those reenactment scenes of like a pilot spotting a ufo you know from like ancient aliens or something like she's like i see i see something weird down there gotta check it out and her captain's like i guess whatever (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah she finds the she finds the animarium but uh she's drawn out of that daydream of like the origins of her ranger story by these two weird ass kids who are trying to sneak into the air force base
2: the yin yang twins yeah
1: yeah i
3: (laughs) i
0: I will say that i i cannot understand I, i cannot fathom a reason that you just say to yourself, well, you know, if I ever wanna potentially go to the animarium again, I got to join
2: the air force. <laughs> was that her motivation? I did not catch that on the way through. It it was like a very That was
0: her motivation.
2: Okay. I remember the little girl on the plane cuz she sees it when she's a kid, right? Yes. And mm-hmm. I just I know that the the little girl looking out the window and being like, but it was right there and like the parent ignoring them and is super wrong that that's like a, a prototypical shot i think in movies or or shows of this type and it's like the same thing as a ufo pilot but but the thing yeah. is is
0: that it directly goes into her being an air force <laughs> jet uh lieutenant or whatever yeah and then flies out to go to the animarium and then she's like i knew it i knew it was real <laughs> off to off to do imperialism uh
2: did she stay a soldier after that or does she have like a day job no no
0: they don't have jobs
2: okay
1: except for Alyssa, she's the only one that's motivated to do things
0: yeah but i mean that was the direct line that i got that's what i read it wasn't necessarily outright said, like, I joined the Air Force to, get, to find an Amerian. But the way they transitioned the scenes and the way she responded to all of that stuff and the fact that she immediately went, like, AWOL right after. <laughs> to the point where, like, they're looking for her. But she's all just like, nah, I'm on my own. And, like, they secretly support her as, like, some secret faction of the government. So they don't arrest her at any point. But, yeah, like it's it's wild, man. like the 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 line reading the the read between the lines on all of this is like she is a truther. Everybody <laughs> denied her. And then she joined the military, so she had a cheap way of flying an aircraft. She joined the
1: military so she could be exempted from getting the vaccine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So she essentially joined the military to raise up the ranks enough to where she can just basically fly a plane without any, like, sort of big oversight. And then find the Animarium, land there, fucking, like, just take the Ranger powers and then go AWOL after that. Okay, and, like, yes. I'm guessing that the animarium is in the Bermuda Triangle, but this is, like, no, me, like. Sky. But, like, come on. A turtle-shaped island floating in the sky? You're telling me no one's going to notice that? Oh. No. <laughs> this has to be in a Bermuda Triangle-ass situation. That's the only way it makes any sort of legitimate sense. It's
2: really covered in clouds. They could just think it's, like, a big, big cloud.
0: <laughs> this is a
1: real big cloud.
0: <laughs> and I will say, like,
2: the, the fact that the, the Yellow Rangers
0: is overtly military and is a part of the Power Rangers, this is, like, the seed of the problem.
1: Yeah, truly. Because, so like, this,
0: this translates to just, like, awful politics as the show evolves. <sighs> I not even wondering... as
1: it evolves from the beginning, but then it just gets worse, yeah.
2: Yeah. All of the, like, season names are, like, Speed Force or, like, Time Force or whatever force. So, in my mind, and, like, based on having no real memory of this show, I was thinking they were all, like, Military Quick rea- Reaction Force or, like, SWAT or whatever. Like, are are they S.H.I.E.L.D.? Because it seems like they have some kind of government connection, no. right? No. No. no.
0: Not in this season. You could have maybe said that for Lightspeed Rescue. Last but Tuesday Lightspeed Rescue... Light, Lightspeed Rescue took place in, like, a sort of post-Bolivarian revolution in the United States.
2: Whoa, okay. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Yeah, it is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Even where there's a lot of, like, saving people from disasters and a little less beating up monsters.
0: Yes. And a Which little less justifying cool. killing living entities because they apparently have no heart that you can yeah. feel. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so Taylor stops the little kids from, like, getting into trouble because they're trying to sneak into the Air Force Base. One of the guards, like, notices her and is like, hey, you look like Taylor Earnhardt, the best pilot we ever had. And she's like, I'm pretty sure Taylor Earnhardt is dead or something like that. And he <laughs> walks
0: away. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, she has to be, like, the Amelia Earhart figure. But, like, for the, like, just overly fashion.
1: Just like shitty Joel, like Joel was just a stunt pilot.
0: Yeah, you know that was dope. That was dope. Anyway, why can't they make Cole a vet? Can we? <laughs> 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 what was the Yellow Ranger? Was the Yellow Ranger a part of Japan's defense air force? I doubt like, it. They changed. I-, a lot. I need to know this now. Like, what was the original? Because remember, like we found out in the last episode of Sentai Truther Club. We found out in the last episode of the Sentai Truther Club that, like, the Red Ranger was a vet in the Japanese Sentai. So, what was the Yellow Ranger? How, how far? How far could you turn this right? Because, like, the the Red Ranger went from being a vet to Tarzan, but more racist somehow.
2: This season, because he's got like some kind of it looks like brown face. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's some, it's in, it's indigenous face. Yeah, it's some indigenous face going on. That's fun. Um, so good. We love it. So for, nice. for context, Great. I don't know. For, for the viewers, um, I'm, I'm brown, ambiguously brown, basically. Uh, based, on, based on geography, I'm probably Native American.
0: Yeah. Gal Ranger. So Gal Ranger Yellow was actually a pilot for the Self Defense Force.
2: Oh, in, in the Japanese. All right. Cool. Well. In the Japanese. So then that means,
0: to Taylor's credit, she played a Fashi Air Force pilot really well.
2: and so for that like a drill sergeant
0: yeah I mean hey she, but she plays it up like really well consistently every episode she's like I am fascist hear me roar the the
1: acting actually deserves a little credit really
0: yeah I I would say that then because I thought that the DOD I'm sure the DOD did jump in and rewrite some of the lines obviously but like I'm sure they didn't have to do too much either.
1: Maybe this is also an imperialist Sentai season.
0: I hope not. <laughs> well, we'll find out in Sentai Truther Club a couple of years from now, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: So, Cell Phone Org is the org this time. It attacks the, the Air Force base. Taylor ends up like following it and trying to fight it, but it doesn't go well for her. But then it turns out the chocolate and vanilla twins or whatever the salt and pepper boys oh they, no they're they have magic powers i guess and they not explained not explained it's like a bad like a really bad x-files episode basically i wouldn't even s-
0: i would to call it like even remotely x-files is like discounting goosebumps whoa, whoa. i've
1: hold on i've watched all of x-files and all of goosebumps for the record. Okay. Uh-huh. And I just want to say that the floor for X Files is lower in my opinion. Really bad X Files is so, so bad. Now that then really said,
0: bad Goosebumps. Yeah. What
1: goosebumps, every episode of Goosebumps is an amazing, perfect piece of storytelling. Now it might be dumb and cheesy, but it's like a it's like a narrative that anyone could follow and understand and enjoy and that makes sense really bad x-files is just like incoherent like <laughs> s- there's a maybe was a monster in the lake or something i don't X-Files know someone disappeared like i <laughs> love i love the x-files to be clear and it's a better show overall because the ceiling for x-files is incredibly high but right. but the really bad x-files is like just incoherent Like conspiracy nonsense that you just cannot untangle and never goes anywhere. That's how this feels a hundred percent.
0: That's the I, whole
2: season though. Well this, <laughs> like I don't know. This,
0: that just seemed par for the course <laughs> for me.
2: <laughs> because this like it they didn't have them talk and it felt like that was some you could you could work that, but it felt like it was just an excuse to not write motivation or an explanation or anything. Like <laughs> it feels like the bones of what a story should be, but there's no nothing actually there. This is yeah. like
0: Screenwriter Guild strike era levels <laughs> of writing. Yeah, right. Like yeah. remember how that tanked like Two and a Half Men and like a bunch of other shows around that era, uh, just across the board. Like this is what that feels like.
1: Okay, this is like okay. So X Files actually used to like take open submissions for episode ideas, same as Star Trek. That's this is cool. like probably some very rejected X
3: Files episode <laughs>
1: someone would have written, sent in, and they're just like, no, no <laughs> chance, bud. <laughs> and then Haim Saban was like, I'll give you forty-five dollars for that script.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the
1: the 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 unexplained non speaking wonder twin kids temporarily defeat the monster drive it away and then heal Taylor also with their magic powers the other rangers show up by then but to kind of like not exactly the same place you know how that goes and uh uh they're like I'm at the pizza hut and Taylor's like I'm at the taco bell
3: I- <laughs> I I'll see
1: you here dog
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they they just like they're not in exactly the same places, so the four rangers go to fight cell phone org, but they find that, oh no, their morphers don't work because their morphers are cell phones, and cell phone org blocks cell towers, and some, somehow this makes sense in Power Rangers Wild Force, a season where <sighs> the technology is not... Like, if this had been... If they, they had done this in light speed or time force, it would have been a perfectly coherent plot, because... In both of those seasons, the government was literally providing all of the technology that powered the Power Rangers. So, like, this would have been a perfectly coherent plot in either of the last two seasons. It almost feels like a plot that they, like, considered in a previous season and then tossed aside and then brought back because they were desperate, I guess, or something. All of this feels really desperate anyway. I don't know. It's just like... This doesn't make any sense at all. Their their source of power is a magic sky island, not a cell, <laughs> not the government, not cell towers. What? Is, what is this 5G anti-vax episode? <laughs>
0: it's just, it enables the worst.
1: So naturally, being unable to morph, the Power Rangers get dunked. Um, right after this is when we get that scene that you mentioned earlier, because Taylor is knocked out, and she has the flashback to when she was a kid. She originally saw Turtle Island. We were mentioning Goosebumps. I'm actually glad we did, because this is very much like a Goosebumps thing. Goosebumps always revolves around kids seeing some weird shit, and then trying to tell their parents, and their parents are just like, shut up, kid. What are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) Little, Little girl Taylor is just like looking out the window like, mom, look, I see something crazy. And her mom is like, Honey, I don't have enough Xanax to get through this flight. <laughs> I need you to stop talking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. um, that's the moral messaging them. of Goosebumps, isn't it? Parents just don't understand.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, somebody, this is just a theory. Somebody in R.L. Stein's life that was like a mentor or parent when he was young, something was going on in his life that was not great. And he was trying to explain it to them and they did not ever listen. That I can 100% say I feel positive about as a theory. Now, it's not fact again, it's a theory, but my God, all of Goosebumps revolves around this core central theme. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like how we have the working theory here that Haim Saban was probably badly hurt by his mother or another woman close (laughs) to him when he was young.
0: (laughs) Time and time again. It proves true.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so naturally the rangers, they can't morph so they get their butts kicked. You could probably guess how that goes. Taylor is like kind of trying to figure out what to do with these kids or something or what they're trying to do. And they sort of lead her into this weird place. And then they go into a portal that just opens in the middle of this like shitty military warehouse.
0: My fucking god. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Can you just like. Listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth right now. And the show that we're on.
3: I'm
1: trying to just explain the show as it is. And it sounds like I'm just. Word salading made up (laughs) stuff. To be honest. (laughs) Like. The next thing that happens is she starts climbing down a cliff in this strange fantasy land. A huge cliff. That's that's what happened. Like, I I feel like I'm describing like fucking lost Lewis Carroll novels that he didn't finish or something. Like, I, this is just complete, just like drug haze. <laughs> so anyway, she gets some like magic flowers from the bottom of the cliff, and then she flies using her Power Ranger suit because she could suddenly morph again and she takes the flowers to the kids and it's just a whole I hate this
3: (laughs) (laughs) come on I can't we're getting to the best episodes I quit we're getting to the (laughs) best episodes just keep going
2: that's that's pretty much it. I mean, there, there's like Power Rangers stuff, but it's copy-pasted from any other episode you take from any season.
3: Savage yeah, I mean, Slash!
1: Basically, because after that, it's like once she gets to like, she gives the flowers to the kids, they give her these like jujube seeds or something. Yeah. And then dried up old prunes. And then that means everyone can morph again. So then the rangers morph. And then Taylor shows up, and then basically they start punching the monsters' buns, you know. And they do that thing where they slap the ground a couple of times too.
2: Yes, and we get to see <laughs> uh, we get to see double Nuckum with the bears for hands, which <laughs> I-, I liked it. I mean, it, it lasted two seconds, but the yeah. word double Nuckum, it sounds like a a rap lyric or
0: something. <laughs> I like and- the new Zords. To
1: clarify. To be clear, when, when when Tayo says it's basically just a bunch of Power Rangers stuff from there, I want to be super clear that like he is not exaggerating at all in the sense that like all these weird plots that we mentioned just go away. They they <laughs> fight the monster, they beat the monster, they talk to the little kids one more time, but they don't learn anything about them in that moment. Then little kids and then, never show up again. And then they turn into the Megazord and fight big monster. And then that's the end of the episode is literally like the Megazord fight. There's nothing else. There's no final scene to help explain what the fuck (laughs) you just saw.
0: In every other season of Power Rangers that I've watched, even season one of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and even season two, and Turbo, to some extent, has done something to explain things. Even if it's just like an info dump on like in one conversation or something, they've done something in this show. In this season, they don't fucking do that. And in this one, it just makes the episode weird. It just makes it weird and cruel torture. (laughs) No, it's really I
1: really wanna keep emphasizing how weird this is about this season in particular. In previous it's seasons it would always be it would always be like they're back at the base and they're talking with Zordon and Alpha and they're like, Hey Zordon, uh what happened to the to that magical uh motorcycle anyway? And Zordon would be like, Ah, the motorcycle of Excalibus only appears in times of dire need, Rangers or something like that. You know, and, like, explain why, like, we never saw the thing again or whatever. Like, or they'd just be hanging out at the juice bar, just talking, and they'd be like, what, do you, what did you think about all that? And they'd just, like, talk it out for a second or whatever. Like, there would always be a final scene in episodes that needed it. Some episodes didn't need it. But in episodes that needed it, there would always be a final scene. To just kind of be like, hey, there were a bunch of weird loose threads in this episode. Let's just wrap them up real quick. While that may be cheesy, it is preferable to this. (laughs) Just this is just. I I picked this episode because I felt like this one in particular just really exemplified so many things wrong with the season. There are a lot of other episodes kind of like this. We had runner up. We had a bunch
0: of runner ups to this. Like Um, eight runner ups. Yeah. Like it's it's not like it's not like we ran out of contenders and these are like the only two that we can think of. Like we have a max limit on how many bad episodes we can pick just so that way we don't, uh, you know, overload our guests with episodes and also really bad episodes. Right. So like, <laughs> if we do have worst episodes, we limit each other to two individual picks. And if they happen to be the same one, that's just how it is. You know, usually but in this case, we literally seasons, had like nine.
1: Yeah, and usually most seasons, we just have one episode that we agree. This is the worst. And we just we just roll with that. But this time, no, it was. Yeah, there were so many bad ones. This one I felt, though, exemplified the fascism of the season and also just the complete incoherent storytelling. Like I said, there's a lot of other episodes that are kind of similar to this in some ways and aren't much better, but are just slightly better. This one is really like at the bottom of the barrel and just gives like a really good picture into just the average shitty episode for this season and how just completely messy and ridiculous the storytelling is. Like I said, little kids, magic world, flowers.
0: (sighs) CGI looks pretty good though. To make those rubber balls with the zords in them look good, like that takes quite a bit, honestly. Yeah.
2: I didn't know it. was a think, lot worse. I don't think I knew those were CGI, even. I thought they were just like Super Bowls. Light, just very
0: nice, light touches of CGI. It's when yeah. they go whole hog on the CGI that it looks terrible. <laughs> so,
1: uh, next up is Sing
0: Song. You want to sing us the song, Kennedy? How does the song go? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What's the lyrics?
1: I don't even remember the fucking. All, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder if I type Power Rangers Wild Force song, would, would that song come up or would the. In- I should have written. I
1: should have put the whole lyrics in, the, in my notes, clearly. I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. I just I know it's we... annoying as fuck. Okay, wait. And it on. doesn't hold sound on. good.
1: I, I've, I've gone through the trouble of just pulling up the episode.
0: The
2: look on your face as you're listening to this.
1: <laughs> it's actually a lot of lyrics. That's what I was
0: thinking. I was like.
2: More oh lyrics than the intro. <laughs> it's a couple verses, I think. At least two or three.
0: <laughs> they go hard. This is where the budget went. They're like, <laughs> we need to make this song sound great. This scene
1: really feels $30, like. $30,000. This scene really feels like Tim and Eric or something. It's even edited like that. Like do you remember how weird that scene is edited?
2: Yes, the light was weird. They're like We're in like, front of yeah.
1: a green screen and it keeps like transitioning between different random shit.
0: Yes. You're getting ahead
1: of it. I, I know. Mean, yes. This this episode is too incoherent to even explain though. <laughs> I'll do my best though. <laughs> <laughs> This really, this, I was like, I was like, this is why when you were like, can you see the song? I was like, I think it's a lot of lyrics and now I'm watching it. It's so long.
0: It is. Oh my God.
1: It's such, I, I really had, I thought in my mind it was like a 20 second song.
0: They even made like a a house remix of the song for one of the episodes that we were going to make Tayo uh, watch, but we said, nah, let's just do two best, two worst. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they make didn't... a house remix to the saga they played in the background for,
2: for one of the scenes.
0: That's awesome.
2: <laughs> I didn't hate this one. I thought it was like, the song is bad, but it had story. So relative to the one that I watched right before it, it was, it was like a giant jump up.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. Instead of a negative four, it's like a zero. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, this one just, I think it If it wasn't for the song, it really wouldn't be so offensive. But we had to draw attention to it because of the fucking song.
0: Here's the thing. Um, This song is lore. Like, I can't stress that enough. (laughs) That this song, like... Tayo, like, they replay this song almost every episode. They have to sing this song every morning For that fucking deer zord. And like people wake up in the morning. The rangers wake up on the animarium. There is an episode where the rangers wake up on the animarium. And the song is fucking playing. (laughs) And they're just like. "Ah, ah, What a good morning we're having.
1: They literally sing it like twice. Or maybe even three times in this episode. Oh.
0: (laughs) God. You can't (laughs) escape it. The beauty of it is is that, like, you it might be in your head for a day, but it won't be in your head forever. It's not an earworm like that, it's not catchy, it's, annoying. it's too generic.
2: I, I do kind of like love but hate the fact that as soon as he stops wanting, this is this is the one where he stops wanting to play, right? The mm. what's this dude, Merrick?
0: No, it's or, not,
2: not that one. That's the best one, <laughs> but, but the Deer Zord. Okay, so <clears throat> I like, I like. The way the deer sword looks. He's cute. He seems fun to be around. And his head, like there's certain multi-tools that are made of just like sheets of cut steel. I think like a deerzord multi-tool would sell. He's 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 got a good design, he's fun.
0: Uh a deerzord with two um, Swiss army knives as yeah. antlers. <laughs>
3: he's got like <laughs>
0: Always comes strapped. <laughs> the antlers, like the the antlers, have the fucking steel that comes pops off that, that pops off the hatch, reveals turrets, starts yeah. firing. I think this <laughs> episode
1: is important because it helps to emphasize how much they botched potentially good ideas. This whole like get new Zords all the time thing is actually kind of hype in some ways. They just keep ruining. There's a
0: specific it. point. Well. You know what, yeah, I'm gonna give you that one. I-, I think that the second round of Zords, barring like maybe two or three of them, um, <laughs> are really good designs. And the CGI is just fun, I think. But the the main issue, and I think it, it-, it- this episode really emphasizes it too, is that when you have a movie and it's it's kind of shown in the Marvel movies, too, where a lot of people are like, actually, this is why you don't do movies completely in CGI is that you can't interact with the scene. Right. So because of that, we get a lot of standing shots of the Rangers talking and it's just like you see them talking like <laughs> to the, off the distance. Right. And then the Zord kind of like does some like. <laughs> move their head around or something like that and then it goes back to talking and then you know like it doesn't flow well and like because they can't interact with the scene we're supposed to be emotionally invested in the bonding between the wild zords and the rangers because frequently Cole will just talk to the red lion zord and the red lion zord will respond and like you're just kind of like, this is supposed to be like a a nice bond between Zord and, and human. And uh Nah. <laughs> How am I supposed to relate to your bond with like a robot? See C- a CGI robot?
1: And like in the uh I in say it was the I want to say it was in the Lost Galaxy crossover was the one where Yeah, because that's when they had the fucking galaxy beast god those suck That's, um uh, that wasn't that didn't even, but but when they the had worst things combined <laughs> when they had the galaxy beasts, cassie climbed on top of one of them in the in space lost galaxy crossover and was like standing on top of the galaxy beast and they composited it together and made it look okay that was like three seasons ago and they can't yeah. do something like that now
0: yeah, there's never a scene like that. We, ne- we never have those scenes.
1: There's like uh, one scene where a ranger rides on a zord early on, but like, it's very rare that we get treated to something like that. And instead, like you say, it's like, it's like a shot of Cole being like, what do you want, red lion, looking up at the sky? And then the shot of the red lion looking down going, rah, rah, rah. and then <laughs> like cut back the coal. Never once is it like Cole just like sitting on the red lion's shoulder or Cole, like sitting at the red lion's feet doing the kinds of compositing that we've literally seen them do in other seasons before this.
0: So I don't know why they cut the budget or just didn't bother with any of that stuff. You know, like it just didn't make sense to me.
2: Ridiculous situation. Honestly. So it's really hard from, from what I've heard of actors doing it to, to, make scale translate especially like because it's not even it's not the fact that it's a robot it's that it's cgi like the jurassic park the big puppets and stuff like if you're staring at that i'm sure it, it's easier to kind of emote with it
1: yeah i it's bad it's really bad so okay let's try to just quickly explain this episode somewhat so uh master org has this tombstone org that is really strong. it's like a unusually strong monster. The rangers really need something ultra, like, beefy to help with this one in particular. And because this one, like, no matter how many times they beat it, it just comes back to life basically. They can't really like, beat it completely and it's ultra strong, so it's kind of just like wearing them out. But suddenly, there's a new wild zord, the deer! So, okay, so the deer zord comes to help. But it seems kind of temperamental. And in particular, seems to have a grudge towards Merrick, our sixth Ranger, who we haven't really mentioned on this show yet. So, you know, by this point, we have a sixth Ranger. He's a bit of a weirdo. He looks <laughs> Aaron like Aaron Hansen. He looks like Aaron Hansen cosplaying somebody from like Skyrim.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something innately cool about that. I don't know. It's like, ah, this is like... <laughs> This was one of my, well, you know, this was back during like 2002. So like Newgrounds, you know, and I I was just like, ah, yeah, Metal Gear Awesome and all that other shit. I knew Um, the kind of people that would have thought
1: that this character was cool as hell at that time. So I get what you're saying, but I still would have hated it even back then.
0: I I would (laughs) have thought I still think to this day right now, I think Merrick is pretty cool. I think for somebody who is just playing a rule of cool character for the most part, he's pretty good, but that's also in contrast to the fact- i think honestly i'm going to give him props and say that he's innately more interesting than the titanium reacher <laughs>
1: he's he's relatively interesting, he's not bad um he certainly helps to alleviate some of the problems of the season slightly, not a lot but a little yeah there there's um,
0: no there's no you can't you can't compensate for bad writing. You can only smooth it over.
1: Also, it just doesn't. His arrival doesn't represent like a huge shift in the overall storytelling. It's just oh, occasionally Merrick's
2: plots are kind of a little better than some of the Every other now. stuff.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is he like a some kind of like Byronic or like anti-hero? Because he seems he seems troubled, like the Shinji Ikari of this season. Sasuke. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, just the Sasuke archetype. Um They're really into the last deep few deep
1: seasons, deep. troubled Sixth Ranger, starting within space. Where they didn't really like go too far into it, but they kind of like dabbled in the idea of a slightly troubled Sixth Ranger. Um and then they've been sort of like messing with it in different forms since then. But that's been like their their main like primary theme for Six Rangers lately. So yeah.
0: And basically this one what differentiates this one is the fact that he looks like rule of cool aaron hansen he is a Volcel white knight who is like a bit of a persona non grata character <laughs> so cool <laughs> like like there's like she, like the like him it's clear that him and the princess have a relationship of sorts and they have to like sneak around but uh He's just like, now that he's back... Like, he used to do that, and now that he's back after 3,000 years... He's Ah! just like, ah... (laughs) I need to atone for my sins for not being here for you and all that time. I think. Maybe. Maybe. I I don't even... I don't even know for sure.
2: He sinned in some way in in their, like, Garden of Eden fall allegory thing. Um, I I really... Like, the, the ancient warriors wardrobe bothered me a lot because for the same budget I think they could have like they're in this really sheer long dress like I mean it's not a dress it's a cloak right but when you see cloth armor it's usually thick cloth this stuff looks like it'll rip in a stiff breeze and they're they're carrying around swords and not much else like that's their armor is this (laughs) this shroud and a helmet (laughs) and they're like free swinging everywhere and and their sword—it's—it's it's not safe. You're not wrong.
0: I don't have much to add. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, we we have our laundry list of negatives. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so Merrick is in trouble with the deer zord, um, and the Rangers asked Merrick about it, but it kind of like so we. This is part of why I wanted to do all this explanation is because Merrick does not tell them shit. He's just like, stay out of my business. <laughs> yes. And walks off. And the rangers are like, "Um, this is everyone's business maybe, but okay. <laughs> we need to know why the Zord isn't obeying us. <laughs> they go to talk with Princess Shayla. And she's like, oh, dang, you saw that Zord? I figured that dear Zord was never coming around again. And like gives them a little bit of the history of the Deer Zord and how it's like pretty powerful and like can heal stuff and banish orgs and stuff. It could banish the tombstone org spirit like permanently, basically, which again, the tombstone org just keeps coming back to life. So this would be, you know, the way to defeat it. But there's a catch because the Deer Zord is ultra sensitive and they had to sing him songs all the time and make him happy. And the dear Zord it has PTSD and is really bitter now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of the situation. Which, this is one of those ones that actually sounds better when I describe it than if you watched it, compared, like, a, a contrasting to the last one, which, like, might make a little more sense if you watched it than hearing my explanation although very very little because it's confusing as shit. Like this episode it, it kind of sounds cooler than it is. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz the execution of a lot of these scenes just really cringe and the acting is bad and the I'm sure we're is describing really it in
0: more words and longer than than the actual scenes that took place. I know, right? Like yep. that, that's like, that's where I think we're at. <laughs>
1: So Merrick, in the meantime, goes to see the deer Zord and is like, <clears throat> "Hey, listen, we we never uh, we never abandon you or abandon the planet, and the planet needs you again now. Like, come on, join up with the squad. Like, let's do this." The deer, like, seems like reluctantly interested. After like Merrick kind of explains the whole history of why he was gone for so long, what happened, et cetera, et cetera, you know,
0: Deerzor does not give a fuck. <laughs>
1: he's not he's not super sway, but he's kind of like I'm at least willing to maybe hear you out further. What's and, in it for? Uh, back back at the end of Miriam Cole, in his typical fashion, is like, "Yo, dude, what if you and Merrick like perform the song again, dude?" Fucking... That would be rad.
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um... <laughs> in my head, I blocked that out. I thought, I thought that the reasoning was was that they did used to sing it a thousand years ago and that they're just repeating this song. So you're telling me that they invented this song? No, no, no. They used to sing it. Oh, they used to sing it? I'm oh, just okay.
1: saying that it's Cole's idea for them to get the band back together.
0: Oh, so Cole's like, let's get the band back together. <laughs> and Merrick is like, damn, we really um, do need to do it.
1: But at, well, but at first, Princess Shayla's like, not sure. She's like, maybe too much has changed. You know, she and Merrick, when they used to play music before, it was a little bit of a Fleetwood Mac situation. And they were cheating on each other a lot. There's a lot of bitterness now. You know, can they still make the same level of music?
0: Um, (laughs) We're really, we're really stretching here.
1: (laughs) I'm just trying to find a fun way to describe a terrible piece of television.
0: Uh, I got a question. Uh, Kennedy, just for reference. So that way we don't have to like go on about this in the season review. Uh, do you think that there's any like on screen sort of like connection between the two?
1: What do you mean by that though?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> is there, do you think like there's like a spark between the two or anything that you could really latch on to that they like they're selling the performance that they have feelings for each other? No, they don't sell it at all. Right. Okay.
1: Like, there should be, it's it, like, 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 go back to the season we just watched. They did a great job of making, I can't even think of their fucking names right now. Jen and I, West. Thank you. Jen and West. They did a great job of making Jen and West just have a lot of unspoken, no dialogue, just looking at each other certain kinds of ways and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. There's really none I, of that here.
0: I was just wondering because they just seem like, I mean, I guess since we knew each other from 3,000 years ago, might as well. <laughs> That's what yeah. I feel like. <laughs> no Most, one else uh, knows
1: my three thousand year old <laughs> backstory. Nobody knows so, that I led a double life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, like Jen and West last season. Like I say, always with like the smoldering looks, the longing glances, the like, you know, lingering a little too long type of stuff. A little of that would have gone a long way with these two towards really selling the, the subplot that they're supposed to be interested in each other. But they're like, they're chased as fuck. These are some no sex till marriage vibes. <laughs>
0: like, And they're dressed like, like this. And is then supposed, sex is like one Legend time. Of Zelda. Yo, I will tell you, Aaron Hansen was fashion forward here. Merrick fucking dresses like Legend of Zelda <laughs> Twilight Princess.
3: <laughs> like four years ahead
0: of the curve what a legend <laughs> what a fucking legend
1: all right so let's, let's wrap this up uh so tombstone org is wreaking too much havoc so princess shayla and merrick are like i guess we have to try to sing the song and make the deer happy and that's when you get the fucking tim and eric shit that i was talking about earlier where the two of them are like fucking she's singing and he's playing a flute and they're in front of a green screen and they both look kind of vaguely medieval but they don't actually seem to be following any kind of real dress code and it just looks absurd uh, they would have just, had to
0: really sell me on this because just, like <laughs> I want to I stress that like this is one of the rare moments that Kennedy's explanation is going to be shorter than the actual scene because like for Wild Force sorry uh because this lasts like four fucking this is a whole ass music video. Yeah. They dead ass were like, we're gonna sell kids on a
2: so what genre is this? Uh I, I thought it was some kind of like Celtic folk type deal. The cowherding. Celtic song, folk, yes. right? That's not what she said Celtic yeah.
0: folk cowherding music video in Power Rangers. That's like Four, like it feels like five minutes long. I'm sure it's like less than that, maybe or something. But like it is ridiculously I, I feel, long.
1: I, I feel like I need to figure out how long it is. Hold on.
0: I I, I will say while Kennedy's researching that the only way that this could have been sold to me is if Merrick and the princess was in a small room in the animarium with like disco ball shingles everywhere that's like reflective with the lights and shit and they're just singing and then you see her face with like the green screen background and stuff intermittently with like merrick's flute shit like how they do it i want the shingles give me the disco ball give me those reflective surfaces with the lights on it and the dim lighting with the smoke i would have put this as a contender for the best if that was the case but no maybe if they did the house remix
1: <laughs> so the, so the, the music video is like pr- Pretty close to a full Two minutes which is a lot
0: Oh my god For
1: a 21 minute show Where also like Two minutes are intro and outro Like,
0: so really I thought like, that that was At least like I was gonna lowball it And say like that was three and a half minutes long But
1: still this is like This is like 10% This is like 10% of the show's Content is this Tim and Eric ass music video. I will say, by the way, I was mentioning mentioning You like, know we're of...
0: seething when we're going into percentage of time wasted <laughs> watching
1: this <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, I will say I was talking about like a lack of smoldering looks. This is one of the only scenes where they're about to sing this song where they do kind of give each other a look. And it's like, God, just do this <laughs> more throughout the show and help sell this, please. Cause like right now. Most of the time, y'all look at each other with these like passive, like "who gives a fuck" faces. It's
0: like the directors uh, of the show like took Merrick and took the princess. I, I dude, like these names escape me. Uh. Merrick and the princess as like dolls and we're just like now kiss and it was just like doing this and there's their lips are still not touching right it's like yeah, a fucking their faces where together. they're just matching the fucking chests together across the dolls and nothing's happening because there's no fucking chemistry on screen that was the word I was looking for not connection on screen yeah. chemistry there we go yeah
2: it's just not there so the only reason I, I could even tell that they were supposed to be romantic was like the shots that they framed it wasn't Anything between the actors. I think I do remember them looking at each other for a minute and I was like, oh, so they're they're a thing now. And that was about as much thought as went into that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The Deer Zord, just to quickly wrap up, the Deer Zord, of course, joins the team, defeats helps defeat the big bad. The one saving grace I will say that I have for this episode is that, like Sayo said, the Deerzord is really cool, and the Deerzord has healing magic. Which Even in during the
1: music words. video, when it cuts to the Deerzord kind of like looking pleased and nodding to the song, like that's the <laughs> best part. Cute. <laughs> that's it's the be, so it's kind of cute. You, you can't I me like, aww, <laughs> as much as I hate what's happening right now, like I kind of wish I was just seeing more of this, honestly, and less of the weird music video.
3: <laughs> <But>
0: <laughs> you know what's a good comparison to this, actually? S- not SD Gundam. The Chibi one. That you remember SD the Chibi, chibi one?
1: right Is that SD? Yeah, Super Deform.
0: Yeah, it reminds it like reminds me of how cute SD Gundam was in a way. Where like the CGI obviously wasn't that good, but like the way they used it was fun for the zords, I would say at <laughs> least. I would definitely want a plushie of that deer zord though. It's so cute.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty adorable in some of these scenes. I can't lie. <laughs> no friend.
0: Yeah, and so the deer zord joins the team. Yep, yay! Big surprise. Big surprise. This is the creation you guys witnessed—the birth of the main wild force song outside of the intro. Yay! <laughs> and we, yeah, we
1: we hear this song a lot. In fact, we hear it in the very next episode.
0: However... consequently, the best one of the best episodes. This is uh, Wild Forces pizza episode. I was I was equivocating it too. And I was really I was like I'm so sorry. I need to send this like right now. This is like one of <laughs> the last minute decisions. And I was like we need to we need to talk about this because it's going to be amazing when we talk about it. There was a
1: lot uh, it was hard to decide what to include. And but this episode was just like too important in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a lot like the pizza episode from Turbo. It's not great because it necessarily excels way above the ridiculous storytelling, but more so just because it leans into the ridiculous storytelling in some ways that you ultimately can't help but like just laugh at and have fun and enjoy. But also it is a relatively coherent episode.
0: Yeah, and it features a Justin character.
2: Ah, Pog, dude, Justin.
0: Oh, <laughs> Do you remember that's
3: him? <laughs> oh up, man, I love this.
0: <laughs> it features the worst of every season. Truly. <laughs> In um, this episode, though, holy shit! Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it goes to as great of highs as the fucking pizza episode especially when we get it to the next episode after this one yo like this one i was like finally someone says it finally <laughs> <laughs> he's saying what we're all thinking <laughs> oh my god he admitted it. it was fucking crazy i was so
1: glad so this is kid kite <laughs> he's an orphan. No one.
0: He's an orphan. No one cares about him. The Rangers are the only ones. Basic. The Rangers basically reluctantly take him in, because, uh, the the police are like, I don't know what you want me to do with him. Yeah. So then the Rangers take him in, and then he's like, Oh, I have a connection to the Animarium. Why does it feel like I lived three thousand years ago? I'm like, I don't fucking know, dude. Like what? And like. He routinely talks about this and he gets scared talking to Merrick about it for some fucking reason. It's never really fully explained why, other than that they need to delay this plot point. And yeah. this all sorts to come ahead in this episode of all episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so And Kite's a kid, by the way. Kite's yes, like but... the age of like Justin, maybe. Maybe younger.
1: So the so Kai is like sort of a little mysterious and has sort of run off on them at the beginning of this episode and Cole's out looking for him by um, asking pigeons for help.
2: Yeah.
0: Just just to keep act- it going.
2: He doesn't look well. I don't know. He just doesn't look like he be- like he is contemptuous of the idea that he could talk to a pigeon in real life.
3: <laughs> it, he's
2: like more than not selling it. I felt like he hated that concept specifically. I don't know. Speciesism. But anyway, keep
0: going. Uh, yeah, he seems like... Uh, Every best episode has an asterisk. It's just point blank. Like, even the runner-ups for best episodes all had their asterisks. <laughs> 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 yeah. You just gotta roll with the punches here. We're, we're trying to get some enjoyment out of some this. some
3: info from the pigeons,
1: but it's not very helpful. And then Max and Danny show up and they're like, hey, we don't we don't really, we didn't really find much. Cole's like, yeah, kind of me neither. Fucking. Meanwhile, uh, <laughs> the orgs are running a restaurant. I'm really having trouble. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm having like a stroke or I took too much drugs. Like while I'm trying to talk about this. <laughs> <as teasing. laughs> so Mandalock is like the new, the hot new general. And is gonna, like, be higher ranked, it seems, than, like, Toxica and Gindrax. And so, they're trying to, like, please him and impress him right away. But, his breakfast is interrupted by, what do you know, it's the Celtic Cowherding Song!
0: (laughs) I remember, like... I messaged Kennedy, I was like, dog, are they really going to make an episode about this? And I put it at a zero, and then immediately I was like, wait, never mind, this is a ten. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as this scene happened, I went from, like, zero to ten. <laughs> real fucking quick.
2: He hates it real bad.
1: Also, for some reason, Kite can also hear it. And he's just, like, standing on his, some balcony, crying.
0: It's like, like, 90s music video type shit.
1: Uh, It turns out that this week's monster of the week is also a music playing, uh, music playing thing. And he starts just just riffing over top of them. It's like when you like listening to a couple of people jam and they're like kind of in the groove and then like somebody else like plugs in their electric guitar and like starts shredding or something. And they're just like, (laughs) and
3: everybody
1: else was like just in like a comfortable little like Funk groove or something, and they're like, uh, uh." (laughs) and it just ruins it, ruins the song for the deer, but also it causes Shayla and Merrick to fight the the interruption to the song. So they're upset, the deer's upset, everyone's upset by the org's messed up music, which of course pleases the org generals when they hear it. Conversely,
0: you love to Um, see it.
1: Which, you know, I'm kind of curious. How could they have feelings about different types of music if they don't have hearts? Let's move on. Um... (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Alyssa finds Shayla back at the animarium, and and Princess Shayla is just all upset, and she's just talking about what a dick America is. And she's kind of right. I mean, Merrick is a bit of a dick. But... um...
0: (laughs) He, I'm not gonna lie, he kind of plays with her feelings a bit. He's, like, on his fuckboy shit.
1: Yeah, he's a bit of a fuckboy about everything, so...
0: Because he, like, clearly is, like, very much into Shayla at this point in the show. Where he's, like, outwardly said, like, hey, I'm into you, but, like, I just can't right now. You know? Yeah. And so, like, and yet they do this song going together every day, and then they... hang out at water cooler and they, you know, they still do their thing. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to go fuck off now. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll be here all by myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely got some fuck boy vibes.
0: Hey, Rangers, just wanted to chime in and say that, unfortunately, the Craig recording got fucked up around this part. But for the most part, the Rangers are just trying to figure out how to beat the maestro. And so the Rangers are encountering the maestro for the first time.
1: People do flash mobs wherever <laughs> he goes. <laughs> I love this shit. This shit's amazing. Everybody has to do this same synchronized weird ass Fortnite dance or whatever. And they're like freaking out while they're doing it. They're like, I can't stop dancing, help!
2: Ah! Like... <laughs> <laughs> <it's
1: just> like <laughs> Having like a meltdown all the while while it's happening. And sure enough, when the rangers finally arrive at one of these scenes, uh, he just makes them start dancing. Um, and what's funny is that they are just start dancing really crazy too. Like, <laughs> just really, like some really out there moves.
0: <laughs> it definitely, I, uh, I think uh, Alyssa did the snorkel. Which was funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of, like, the robot in there.
0: That's definitely um, Cole's vibe. I don't know. How does Cole, like, have the least amount of rhythm? Can we just go over that?
2: He seems like the type.
1: No, I, that makes sense to
2: me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about the, like, rip-off Rambo thing that he's doing just strikes me as someone who is totally disconnected from his body and also the the outside environment.
0: Hilariously, he is Latino. So, I, I just... I don't understand. You're disappointing me. Yet again, brother. <laughs> 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 your, um, your name is Ricardo Medina Jr. Come on. Get a fucking grip.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Merrick shows up at the animarium and this... I think this is another reason why this was a contender for best and ended up in the picks is because, like, again, this is one of the few scenes throughout the season where they actually sell, like, their character's relationship, not just the romance part of it, but also just, like, their friendship and stuff, too, because even that is not sold well at times, like, the fact that they have a history and a friendship and things. Merrick comes to... to see princess shayla and he's like and she's like what are you doing here which is kind of funny because it's like well this is kind of his home too um, <laughs> but but that you know uh but you know she's just upset and he he's like listen he owns up to it he's like listen i i fucked up um i don't come to hang out with you enough or like just spend enough time here with everybody and he's like, "Listen, I just have all these bad memories and like PTSD and shit from all the shit from before, and it's it just weighs on me. And I I miss life from before. I was you know frozen in time for three thousand years. And Princess Shayla is oh like, Your delivery of
0: that was actually masterful and made me like sympathize with him more than the on-screen performance. <laughs> but I will say this is probably Merrick's one of Merrick's best moments for sure."
1: It's a good moment for Princess Shayla too. Like some of her acting is a little off at times, but she's actually pretty good in this episode. And she's just kind of like, Aw, listen, fuck boy. I love you. I I forgive you for another six weeks. Shit. <laughs> um oh, no. maybe, maybe less, because he's a he's
2: really he's not good. Um <laughs> I I think I read it the first time more like the sympathetic way that you're seeing it now because what what I was seeing is like as soon as he decides he doesn't want to play for a little bit she's immediately like your music is shit you suck as an artist and then like at the at the conclusion when he comes back and she's like oh you don't actually suck like why is your first instinct to go after his his, his talent and musicianship like you could just be like you're a shitty friend but she's like no quit like
0: that's all they can relate to each other, to. That's why. Like, well, I, I bet you, I, I, like, those, those uh, water cooler conversations aren't that deep. <laughs> <laughs> I felt familiar. Uh, I, I really, I really, I just don't. Any sort of emotional connection that they may have in terms of, like, how they relate to each other and stuff, it's just the music. Princess Damn. Shayla has no hobbies. Yeah, Mer- Merrick goes out. He does stuff like he might be a fuck boy, but like he also has hobbies. Like he goes out in the forest like he's all like I like hiking. I like playing my flute uh, when I'm by myself, not because I'm obligated to. Like I have a genuine interest in music. You know, he likes to care for animals, all this other stuff. Princess Shayla just hangs out in the animarium and watches what the rangers does and. Acts as like a sort of radar detector for orgs. She just vibes, which is kind of like another uh, sort of imperialism analogy there. I would say, yeah, because she sort of dictates who the enemy is.
1: So but- basically, <laughs> um, uh, the rangers are are trapped by the music as well. But then, oh, Shayla and Merrick show up because they made up, and they start playing their song, and the two songs start battling once again at first princess shayla and merrick are kind of winning but then the rangers aren't able to escape flute org who sort of doubles down and just like focuses in on keeping them in particular trap but the playing of the 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 cow herding song works and the deer shows up and helps to sort of save the rangers from that particular predicament they fight the monster, monster get big, they fight the monster in the Megazord, none of the plots are resolved at the end. It's a Wild Force episode.
3: <laughs> yeah. I
0: I had to rate it a, a 10, though, just because... That's overshooting it. It's definitely along the lines of the Pete's episode. I don't think it's definitely as entertaining as the Pete's episode. But just the fact that like the villains were just taking so much pleasure shitting on the fucking rangers was so hilarious there's a and number
1: like, of very funny scenes of both the rangers and just like crowds of random people being forced to dance shittily and it's great
0: it's <laughs> fun it's really good on screen fun too I-, I-, I loved it for that reason and that reason alone that and just like that song fucking sucks thank you for <laughs> saying it out loud <laughs> <laughs> It was like that, uh, it's almost like that Teen Titans Go episode where you had that one uh, the comic book nerd villain or whatever was just like tell openly telling the characters on screen that like the old the old Teen Titans animated show was better, and then it got <laughs> shafted just to wrap it up in a movie and all this other stuff versus giving them the final season and yeah. like just telling them that the current characters are trash, etc. And you're like Hot damn, finally someone said it.
1: (laughs) Um, So I lied that none of the plots are resolved because actually, crucially, one plot is resolved before the episode ends. Kite is his Megazord.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It turns out the Megazord in the sky that was uh, appearing here and there throughout the season was Kite, who is an angel of sorts. Kinda. Also, he's kind of like a like a Gabriel like figure, but also he's a Zord god. I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) He's a (laughs) Zord,
1: but he's also a little orphan boy.
0: It's like worse than like Magna Defender logic. It's (laughs) bizarre. I don't.
1: It's fine in this episode because they don't really like do anything weird with it, but like overall it's a very weird thing that they didn't need to do.
0: But it's so weird, it kind of acts to its hilarity. <laughs>
1: yes, the little boy is a megazord.
0: <laughs> who's the mega who's like the megazord <laughs> in the Teletubby's ass
2: son? <laughs> I definitely so it- blocked this out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, with that, we get to the incredible Forever Red. Now, again, this episode, this is like just a really amazing episode, but it would have been amazing in any season, like we were saying earlier. So, it's really important to emphasize that before we go in that, like, Wild Force's storytelling does not rise to the challenge. They shove Wild Force aside for an incredible other plot. <laughs> Basically, this this gets really this episode goes fucking deep into the lore of the Power Rangers and makes it clear that although things have changed a lot and there are like these times when the links seem confusing or tenuous, um, this is still linked to the original Zordon era. Like the 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 Power Rangers seasons do still have an underlying thread of link they, are, they they don't take place in like separate universes
0: yeah and i just want to say for reference to the super sentai this is an original episode there was gal ranger versus super sentai which the focus was on the gal rangers being taught by a team of five sentai heroes with only one of them being red but in this case they're just like nah let's celebrate power rangers and so they get the Red Ranger from all of the team for every team for this one.
2: Yeah. So, Kennedy, in another episode, I I know you mentioned they do callbacks mm-hmm. sometimes between seasons. And this is obviously one of them. Have they ever done anything like because they mentioned like that the Red Rangers have met each other before and I'm guessing previous seasons. So, like, how often does something like this happen?
1: So basically, the first six or seven seasons are all linked together in the Zordon era, and there was a lot of callback throughout that era. Even outside of like just like a a, a specific like crossover of like the two teams from you know last season, to this season meetup, there was just like random like a one Ranger from a previous season would show up and teach the Rangers a lesson or something. You know that was more common back then. It's become less common now, but there's always, at a minimum, the once per season Rangers from the last season come show up and help the Rangers from this season. So there's always a little bit of continuity in that way. Sometimes there's other threads of continuity. It really varies from season to season a lot how much continuity there is. Like Light Speed barely, like, touches on the idea that other Power Rangers have ever existed. Um, whereas, like, Lost Galaxy is all about, like, deep lore. So, yeah, it's very random. So, the Machine Empire. There's there's a name the Sentai Truthers haven't heard in a while. <laughs> Not for many, many seasons. So, the Machine Empire. When the Machine Empire fell, some members survived. And, uh, you know, perhaps they were just too far away from Zordon's cleansing blast of goodness or something because we know that the Machine Empire had tendrils way out super far and basically the implication is that Zordon's blast of goodness had like a, some type of physical radius because there were bad guys like further out in space was like the immediate kind of explanation they came, came up with for like seasons afterwards so these guys, Tesla Garak Stilon and Ottoman uh, <laughs> are, like, these, like, Beetleborg.
0: Yeah, straight-up Beetleborg villains.
1: Yeah. <laughs> these, like, Beetleborg villains that are, like, the the last remaining things, basically. And then they're led by this guy, General Venjix. Um, and, like, that team of five, they're, like, what remains of the once mighty... A machine empire that was like, of course, one of the biggest evil empires in the galaxy once upon a time. They've been sort of plotting some shit ever since then. And they figure out that the Earth's moon still has Serpentera. That's right, Lord Zed's old sword. This really is some deep shit. By the way, created by Lord Zed, I don't know if we ever specified that originally, but I was looking up some information about this. Right. In the um, same way
0: that Elon created Tesla.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Lord Zed created Serpentera. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, just, it's just been sitting out there on the moon ever since, because as we know, um, Lord Zed and Rita Repulsa were turned into a regular old couple at the end of in space and are just vibing. Don't give a shit about that stuff anymore. Um, <laughs> so they're planning to basically use this special, like they're, they're like doing this whole operation to dig this, this old Zord out and like power it up using a special reactor and all this stuff. It's like a whole thing, but our favorite, uh, intergalactic spy Andros, who is always the one to lead something like this. you, you're asking, how often do these crossovers happen? If there's a crossover that needs to involve a ranger spying, it's going to be Andros. <laughs> uh, Andros has, of course, been gathering intel on this situation and spying on them. But they catch him spying and like start to chase after him at the beginning of things, and it kind of just leaves on the cliffhanger with him. Meanwhile, some of the other red rangers start to turn up, Bulk and Skull also appear, which is incredible and confusing. How did Bulk get back to Earth? So that's a question for another time, <laughs> said Diedruthers.
0: Maybe it's because he missed Skull. He left Skull, and then he was like, I miss Skull. And then he asked the, ga- the Lost Galaxy Rangers to take him back. Yeah. Also, he could have just... Maybe. I- I'm sure he could have called in a favor because uh, he opens up his own club, Club Bulkmeyer.
1: Yeah, yeah. lost galaxy
0: imperialism money.
1: I, I'm sure. Also, I mean, he's you know he's cool with many many seasons worth of rangers. If anyone could get transported around the galaxy, right?
3: Yeah, it would definitely um, be
1: bulk. Which is funny to say. <laughs> um, so uh, our current rangers are hanging out at a park, and who shows up? Oh, it's Carter. That's right. And God, I uh, so much. He's, he's like, Cole, I need you to come with me. Meet up with some folks who ends up uh, showing up to lead everybody. Oh, fuck. It's Tommy Oliver. He's back.
2: Let's Hearing fucking
0: him. go in his <laughs> early 2000s <gasps> hairstyle with the spikes. He's the cool guy.
2: <laughs> I figured that was a callback to it, Like probably when he was a ranger. No. No,
0: this is a brand new look for Tommy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's intense.
0: It's it's
1: very intense. So, they've called together all the Red Rangers. They're gonna get in the fucking... The old... In space Lost Galaxy ship. They've got an Alpha 7. This shit is crazy. (laughs) 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 It's hard not to just pog like crazy. And then... Just when you think, no Jason, you give fucking Jason. Fuck Jason. Oh, yeah. The original Red Ranger. You know, they, they picked just the right time to do this because you can tell Jason is going to look real out of shape in like two more years. Um...
2: <laughs> this is the moment where in my notes I was like, okay, this is pretty hype. Like, <laughs> yeah. The original Ranger comes back.
1: And so it's just this fucking team of badass Red Rangers. Everybody that you love is there. TJ is there. Which, like, my God, it's hard to even see TJ and not just long for him to come back and just be the Red Ranger forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's the Red love. Ranger of my yeah. heart.
2: Same.
3: And <laughs> the same time,
1: the Beetleborg evil guys have basically succeeded in their plans. And uh, it also seems they're planning to, like, maybe even try to resurrect King Mondo at some point. Like, they're they're really, like, they want to bring the Machine Empire back in force. Um,
0: the sun never set on the Machine Empire.
1: So, uh, yeah, I guess.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but right as they're about to, like, set off their plan, who shows up? Oh, it's, like, nine Red Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shut your mouth, dumbasses. <laughs>
0: the they fighting? all do their... They all do their morphing sequences, right?
1: Uh well before even I before we even get into that, I just want to say the fight the unmorphed fight scene is amazing. The the cogs were a good villain, or like a good minion, rather, sorry. The cogs were a good minion. So fighting against them again, like they they still look pretty cool and like weird and sci-fi like they did before. And then all of the Red Rangers are just shining, doing fancy kicks, throwing these dudes around, like just like the choreography is as on point as it could possibly be. It's 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 really just a, a amazing like one of the best fight scenes, honestly, not just in this season, but like in many seasons of The Power
2: Rangers, maybe or something. Like it's really good. This is where they blew their budget. Yeah. For sure. They were they were really showing off. Like one of the ways I judge fight scenes in movies is how long is like one uninterrupted shot of just the dude. By himself doing something. And they had a lot of those. um, Like straight up. They were doing flips. No wire work or anything. I was really impressed.
0: Yeah they went hard in the paint for this.
1: Yeah. You end up with by the end of it. Like the fight goes on to the point where like. The Red Rangers are like kind of in a little bit of trouble. And then oh two more fucking Red Rangers show up. So by the end of it you have ten Red Rangers. And that's the point at which they all morph. They do their individual morphing sequences. Tragically, TJ does Turbo's horrible morphing sequence, this means. Because that's when he was a Red Ranger.
0: <laughs> he actually kind of pulls it off, though. It doesn't look that bad. It's
1: it's fine. It's fine. And honestly, he did all- it
0: fast. That was the thing. Normally, that motion is like a whole like <laughs> fucking bit but because they had to speed it up because there's 10 Red Rangers, he like did it really quick. So well, it didn't I was going to like-
1: Because they had to do so many transformations. They cleaned up and like made each one a little bit better.
0: What's interesting is this
1: also canonizes the fact that Eric is a Red Ranger.
0: This also makes it a, no, no, no. Is there 10 Red Rangers in this one? Yeah, there's 10 by the end. Yep. Because they keep showing up. It's because Eric is taking place
1: of, wait, no. No, Eric comes as Quantum Red. Yeah, you're right. Which, like I said, it's kind of crazy because it canonizes the fact that he's a Red Ranger, which is, you know, it's interesting from a meta perspective. It is, yeah, yeah. But basically, the rest of this episode is mostly just shut your brain off and pog. Yeah. There's just so many great fight scenes.
0: You know what? We're forgetting about one one Red Ranger, and it's 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 uh I know the reason why orico from alien rangers.
1: Oh yeah, we get it. No, you're right. I almost forgot. He's one of the ones that shows up at the last minute because he and, um, what's his name from lost galaxy show up last minute.
0: And yeah, because season two and three had the mighty Morphin red still. And yeah. I was like, well, who shows up for Rocky? And then who shows up for season three? And Eric took the place of like the Rocky appearance. And then it would be orico from alien rangers taking the place yep. of season three red. So that's how you get ten red rangers. But yeah, no, nah, the best appearance of Arico. But that's not saying too much. <laughs> Considering the I was glad like, they brought back
1: time. alien red for this. That was a fun. It's nod, a strong honestly.
0: suit. It's a strong suit design. Strong suit I love and it. a
1: fun nod to the past.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: so of course, what happens um, after like all of the ground fighting is Serpentera is awakened, but they literally destroy Serpentera. With a badass motorcycle stunt. I'm not kidding. Yeah.
2: But yeah. He just skid in space too. He does like a skid turn on his motorbike. I love it.
3: <laughs>
1: and then. For a season which usually fails to do this. They thankfully did not fail to do this here. There's a final scene of all the red rangers. Just broing out
0: yeah and so
1: literally literally they call each other bro several times in this scene i really want to emphasize that yeah <laughs> they're like they're like bro that was amazing out there you're such a red ranger bro bro i love the way you look at red bro bro maybe we should meet up after this bro um...
3: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they they like talk shit about tommy they're like why does tommy get the fan club and all that <laughs> other stuff and they like try to one-up each other constantly about like oh, i changed history well i did this you know and all this other stuff and then tj like uh <laughs> tj basically says like first of all i'm better than tommy because i replaced tommy <laughs> and then like they try to go like back and forth with west saying he changed history and stuff and then tj's like just, yo like, i
1: was the first like come on and all, all kinds of, yeah
0: yeah and uh TJ ends it with saying, like, I was turned into a pizza. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> they did it. They we did it. Back. They acknowledged it. They acknowledged it. <laughs> TJ Best Ranger. I can't believe we have
1: we've had not one, but two of the most amazing episodes of the Power Rangers of all time involve pizza.
0: <laughs> yeah. Think about yeah, that. that, that yeah, anyway. that's amazing. Um, I, once I said that, I was like, God, TJ, you're the best. I love you <laughs> so much. <laughs> you know what's funny is that uh, I thought I would like Jason more this episode, but it, came, it, it made me like TJ more. Jason, I thought, was really cool for him coming back. He's definitely, uh, since he's grown, remember, he was the youngest one out of the cast. Um, since he's grown, he's definitely became more of a wide boy. He's got that nice wide <laughs> stature now. Uh, he's got the the Santo, the silver mask type stature.
1: Yeah. Uh, Which is yeah. actually, it's incredible because he does a couple of really impressive flips. Yes. You have to really get like, to be a wide boy and do flips like that, you got to put some work in. That's impressive, honestly. If anything, I, all I can really say is that this just confirms to me how much like TJ is just like, really, in my heart, more and more over time, my favorite ranger ever.
0: Yeah, same here. Same here. Because I remember, like, when we were first going over ranger rankings, I remember like, man, like, Jason best for me because I love like his, his character arc and everything and, and I love uh, the Zeo ranger performance that he did and stuff, but like, this one, like, TJ's performance here just made me go like, man, I fucking love you, TJ. Like, damn, the character is so fucking good. So, yeah, that yeah. definitely solidified yeah. it as, like, my top choice now. That's really? saying something with someone who has, like, a a painting of Zeo Ranger <laughs> gold on my, on my wall.
1: <laughs> really fantastic episode. Again, works in spite of Wild Force, not because of it. Literally could have happened in any season. Ignores Wild Force completely. Ties into the lore of previous seasons for all of its interesting things really like like they basically just grab cole and are like you're a red ranger come along for the ride with the big boys like
3: <laughs>
0: and cole for the most part like cole is inoffensive this episode which is why it works yeah because they don't try and like give him shine right like they give them some shine but they don't be like You're the most powerful Red Ranger so far. We need you. You know what I'm saying? No. They're like, nah, son. Like, we're all powerful. We're all power rangers. Let's go. And the fact that there was no, like, leadership conflict either, I thought that was going to be a problem because you have five, you have, like, ten leader characters. All Well,
1: yeah, and there's only just a little bit of, like, friendly teasing about it, but, like, there's no, like, weirdness.
0: No, nah, it's basically like, hey, the Red Ranger is typically the strongest one, so let's just borrow you. And
1: it's like this is like a this is like a tactical strike force thing where it's like they need a a large show of strength to just put this thing down, put it right to bed, so that it doesn't become a bigger problem. You know?
0: Yeah, I think my only problem with this episode, outside of the weird Wild Force, wild force stuff that I always have to constantly add an asterisk to, is uh. Yo, Serpentera! They did Serpentera dirty. Serpentera is like Serpentera the biggest. Dirty. Serpentera is the biggest mechanical thing, in all of Power Rangers universe, and they made it look like a, like a small worm, space worm. Yeah, looked like yeah. a roller
2: coaster off the rails.
0: Yeah, it's
1: supposed to literally be the strongest Zord ever made.
2: Yes, like individual, and like, literally Zord.
1: not necessarily Megazord, like morphed several zords morphed together like not comparing on that scale necessarily but strongest individual zord ever made yeah was supposed to be serpentera mm-hmm. and they even say that in this episode so anyway let's rank them or rate them or whatever Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, just pog kennedy just pog for a second <laughs> yes it's a very pog, it's a very pog episode bare necessities we broke the scale on the last one, so I'm on the negative side of things, so I'm going to break the scale on the negative side of things. You said I'm allowed two points in the other direction, so I'll give it a negative two. (laughs) Sing the song is not as offensive, a little bit funny, but it washes away with everything else that's bad about it, and the music video, the music video is fucking trash, and it's just like, this is Power Rangers. What are you doing? (laughs) It's a zero. As for the best, uh, we've got sing song. Sing song is the pizza episode. The Pizza episode is a ten. This one doesn't go necessarily as high. And it's mostly because of kite. Kite, unfortunately, like the pizza episode, Justin wasn't nowhere near as offensive as kite is in this yeah. one, and that's what drags it down. So I'm gonna give it an eight. And forever red, that's a ten. There's, there's not much. There's not much else I could do, say about that one. Like you knew it was coming. In this case. Reddit and the internet at large with Power Rangers was right about how good forever Reddit. is, And it's, yeah. it's in spite of the fact that it's on one of the worst seasons of all time of Power Rangers.
2: All right, I'll go. So bare necessities. Uh, honestly, just because I hadn't watched Power Rangers in so long, I'll, I'll give it a one. It gets a score above zero for me. It like horrible and confusing in kind of a, Mulholland drive kind of way like it, it's somebody's idea of art just because it's <laughs> two or three different things copy pasted together but it, it didn't make me hate it and i didn't want to like stop watching at that point so we'll give it a one sing song maybe like a two or a three maybe more like a 1.1 1. 1. um i didn't hate <laughs> it it's it's all for deer Zord, and it's like a significant improvement over the last one still but yeah i mean i wouldn't like if I knew beforehand what the episode wasn't was gonna entail, I and and I wasn't doing it for a show, I would have chosen not to watch it. <laughs> uh, if uh okay, what's the the flute, right? Okay, yeah, actually points points for the monster on this one. I liked our Ocarina guy. Um Hell yeah, the maestro was good. He was. And the you know, like the story was pretty threadbare, but they had a previous episode to call back on. So like they didn't have to try to do all the writing in this one. I would give that a four. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. You know, it, <laughs> it's on the lower side of so, so, but okay. So yeah, forever red busts, busts the scale. Of course, I, this gets like a 50, like, <laughs> everything else is, like in that small range. Yeah. This was absolutely worth coming back to this show and like checking it out. This is again. the best action we've ever seen.
0: Uh, Like, I've talked about, like, Time Force Mm -hmm. having really good action sequences in it. Uh, I talked about Lightspeed Rescue also having some really good action sequences in it. Nah, this is like, they did movie-level budget for, like, 20 minutes. Except for Serpentera, but yes, (laughs) Like, the the actual, like, hand-fighting sequences are amazing, and they bog off the chart. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. Hell yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I'm glad that Uh, that that made up for it. Totally
1: agreed. Okay, for me, it's going to be uh, Bare Necessities is a negative one.
0: Oh, okay. I'm surprised. It's
1: not quite as offensive to me as episode two was, but uh, it's, it's close. I would say Bare Necessities was at least a little bit entertaining at moments, whereas episode two ne- was not even fun to watch for me. So that's why it's just barely beating out that Sing song is a one. The deer <laughs> sword is cute, and that's why it gets one point. Um, <laughs> the flute is like a—it's like a seven point five for me, honestly. I think, which is where like a lot of the potential contenders for best and worst were mostly falling, um, with the exception of one that we sort of excluded for other reasons. We'll talk about it in the season review. Yeah, it's like a seven point five, maybe like an eight at best. It's a pretty good episode in some ways, but it's also still just like a little bit too wild force nonsensy at certain moments. Also, it is really fun at times, though. The dance scenes are hilarious. The um, uh, all the villains like running a restaurant for like the new general they want to impress was really funny. Just some good shit. And then, um, yeah, Forever Red is like a twelve. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: like again it's it's completely in spite of wild force they grab cole they whisk him away and then there's no more mentions of wild force it's just red ranger time and it's kind of like equal parts like sort of like you've been selected for a special mission you know almost like a bit a blockbuster action movie type vibe at sometimes in that way. And then at other times like the lightspeed
0: rescue intro.
1: Yeah. And then at other times it's like a it's like a summer road trip with the bros kind of vibe. (laughs) You know, where it's like this summer, Ted Ren Rangers getting drunk on the moon, you know? Like (laughs) (laughs) and the combination of those two vibes together is both just charming all the time.
0: Yeah. I could see it. I could see it for sure. Tayo, would you watch power Rangers again after this?
2: Yes, I would. Um, I would hope for a better season, but honestly, (laughs) any, like as long as it's on the the upper range of that or bad enough to make fun of, I would watch it again. Absolutely.
0: Hell yeah. Well, we definitely have some seasons to recommend to you, of course, but yeah, Dell, glad to have you on,
2: uh, where can people
0: find you on the internet?
2: My Twitter and Instagram are both Inviscerate, uh spelled i n v i i i s c e r a t e like uh the antonym of eviscerate with a cool roman numeral thing going on and then if you if you look up my spotify, i make music so that's pyro with a yen sign for the y that's pretty cool yeah, yeah aesthetics
1: check, check out tayo's music everyone it's it's good
2: vibes yeah what genre of is it uh, the first release, I said it was, like, witch pop. Kennedy will know the reference, and I'm not sure how many other people will. <laughs> it's, like, pretty dark, heady, uh, electronic bass music.
1: It, it, it also kind of touches on some, like, spacey emo rap kind of...
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, like, Kid Cudi? It, it's in the vein. Yeah, I've been compared to The Weeknd or Halsey or Melanie Martinez sometimes.
1: But it's a little more like if Kid Cudi or The Weeknd was like remixed, like an entire album was remixed by like Ministry or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: I'll take it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fun stuff. Fun stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you guys in the next Sentai Truther Club. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.